Heritage Media. When you put your home on the market, you'll naturally want the best possible price for it. And when a buyer looks at your home, they will want to pay the lowest possible price for it. So you're caught in the classic real estate tug of war, trying to ask more and the buyers wanting to offer less. And the biggest secret that's not really a secret is that in order for buyers to pay the price you want, or at least get close enough to what you're willing to accept, they will have to fall in love with your home inside and out. So the easiest way to get a buyer to love your home is to jazz it up. And today we're speaking to Corey McRandall, an agent from Wisebury Charmhaven, about some of Wisebury's simple strategies to increase your property value. Here's Corey. <laughs> All right, so I want to ask you, where'd you grow up? Um, so originally, um, I was born in Blacktown. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Doonside, so it's like the ghetto. Um, pretty rough neighbourhood, but we always sort of holidayed here. So it was pretty well half and half um, between Doonside and Budgie So like every second weekend, every holidays. So did you have family up here or you just rented a little holiday um, place? And well, it was a friend. Originally, it was we came up here first with a really good friend of my mum's. And like I was good friends with her son. My brother was good friends with her daughter. We all went to school together um, sort of thing. And they had a family friend who had a holiday house at Chain Valley Bay. So that's where I went first, like Chain Valley Bay House where the Woolworths is, like you mm. go in there, like Bridge Ave and stuff like that. That was where I first came to the Central Coast. Um, and then mum got like a long-term boyfriend over the years and he lived in Bajiwoi. So that was sort of what we do. We'd come up and stay with with his family and his kids. And then, yeah, eventually I finished year six. It was a day I finished year six and mum was like, we're moving to the coast. It's the best day ever. <laughs> I've never looked back since then. So, <laughs> And uh, talk to me about summers at Budgeoy, jumping off the footbridge and... It was epic. Hot chips down at the caravan yeah, park. jumping pillow in the caravan park. That oh, was yeah. fun too, so until you'd get chased out of there. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was always good fun. We were always down the beach. As soon as it would start raining, we'd go running down the lake and in the storm drains and <laughs> everything like that. So it was the best lifestyle like in, in comparison to sort of what you can do in Sydney yeah and I think that's probably why we're seeing the market do this every you know few years people just realize hey this place is magic and the kids can actually do things and they can get outside so do you know I think it, that's why we're seeing the boom it is it is still quite Bajiwoi particularly it's still quite nostalgic because that was what I did when I grew up, you know like the second it started raining you didn't get called inside nah. you just found a local a drain. Yep. You know, and float some leaves and have leaf races in That's the gutters. And and I think there's a lot of people who are missing that in Sydney because you're just free-range kids up here, aren't you? Yeah, that's it. Well, for us, it was bodyboards and drains and at each other. So <laughs> that, as soon as it rained, it was grab the bodyboards. <laughs> and um, so where did you go to school? So I went to school at Blacktown North mm-hmm. Public School. And then, I like, I'd made quite a few friends at Budgiewoy. And I sort of, the last, we ended up sort of the back end of year six spending like the third term up here so I did go to Budgeway for just a little bit um I had a couple of friends but then I ended up going back to Blacktown to finish um year six and then it was North Lakes High School so I'm sort of glad I got that early experience because I went into high school with some friends so it made it it made it a little bit easier Yeah. yeah right and talk to me about getting into real estate how did that all come about that was a really sort of long journey I sort of danced around 
real estate for years. Um, my dad's a real estate agent, um, and pretty big one in Western Sydney. So I didn't didn't really want to do that. Sort of didn't really want to copy him. So I sort of went. Originally, I was just doing labourer jobs and things like that. I was a fencer, um, and then it wasn't until my best mate passed away really really suddenly and that was sort of the turning point for me it was you know like I've got to I've got to get out and make a change and I've got to do something I don't want to be labouring my whole life and this and that so I applied for a random job at a law firm like just an entry-level position basically delivering mail and picking things up and taking documents and lodging them at the land titles office Mm -hmm. and I got it Um, and then from there it was just no study or anything like that it was just you know I sponged off everyone in the in the firm to find out as much as I could, gradually made my way up and then I was um, coordinating all of our settlements and and everything on that side of it. So I worked really predominantly around settlement and post-settlement registration, so changing properties into people's names mm. with the land titles office. Um, and then from there I took a job as a loan coordinator over at a finance company, Bluestone Mortgages. Um, and then from there, they, with my settlement experience, moved me straight into a settlement role. So yeah. I was coordinating um, one of the biggest loan products for Aussie Home Loans and then stopped doing that because I missed doing physical settlements. They were so fun. So yeah. I went back to them for a little bit with a different firm. And then a thing called PEXA happened. So PEXA took all the settlements online. Um, so basically the jobs became sort of null and void. They didn't need agents to do things for them anymore so that was pretty much when my dad said you know you've done everything around it you've danced around take it. take the plunge just do it yeah so, yeah that was it I did it <laughs> that's insane so you'd done all the back end stuff like you knew what was involved yeah and now it's the face-to-face just, stuff now it's the full circle so and how are you finding it you've been doing it a while now you absolutely love it yeah I wouldn't change it for the world um it was just the plunge to get into sales was sort of the scariest thing you know the customer service side of things I was comfortable with confident with it was just selling Mm. (laughs) so that was sort of the most confronting thing and it takes a little bit of time but you know you sort of you find your way and then it just clicks and here we are so so do you find you gravitate towards or like one more than the other when it comes to selling or listing or is it both is it it's both it's both um I think there's a lot of satisfaction that you can give as well as get on either side. Um, with my own personal experience, I finally understand what it feels like to put a, a sold sticker up and, and have that feeling of accomplishment, but at the same time to sell someone's home and help them, you know, get to where they need to get mm. is a pretty special feeling as well. Yeah, it's um, it's funny because you've, you've realised all of a sudden, I mean, when you're in the game and you understand the lingo and the jargon and the acronyms and, and everything and then all of a sudden you're doing it yep. and you're either buying or you're selling yourself and it's so overwhelming you can't even imagine what it would be like. Yeah, well, I learnt that this week. <laughs> it was, you know, I went into it really confident. I know what I'm doing, I'm going to be fine. And then three days in we got an extension and I started pulling my hair out. And <laughs> ringing the conveyancer. Ringing the conveyancer, ringing the broker, ringing Sean, ringing the conveyancer, ringing the broker, calling Sean again. <laughs> and Sean doesn't like calls. So. <laughs> so Sean is an agent that works for us. That, yeah, Sean um, Kennedy. Sold your house. Yeah, sold the house to me and it was really fitting because he sort of gave me, you know, Darren gave me my start in this business, but Sean gave me my, my real start in the team Mm. you know he saw something in me within my first 30 days here and he took me so I don't think I would have been buying 
this week, I don't think I probably would have been where I am now if he hadn't sort of taken me on the journey mm. and, you know, what he showed me in the space of one year and got me to, I think, helped me buy. So I think it was fitting that I bought from him as well. So Just full circle moment, was, isn't it? It was awesome. So, yeah, nice. Yeah, it was really good. We just hope um, the restrictions lift so we can have a housewarming. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. We'll take donations. We'll spend all that money. We've got <laughs> yeah. two lounge rooms to You finish. have to bring your own sausages. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. We'll send out a list. And so how long have you been at Wisebury for? So I started last January, so we're nearly two years now. Yep. Yeah. And so you would have even seen a change in that time in the industry. Massive. Yeah. Massive. It was a lot slower when I started. Mm. I remember there was um, a couple of houses that, you know, we'd had on the market for sort of six months and then that was sort of only my first few weeks selling and then out of nowhere they all just started mm -hmm. going and then before I knew it, we were in a boom. So yeah. it's all, you know, I only just saw the slower side of it. But for the most part, it's just been growing since I started. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's fabulous. Thrown in the deep end. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually want to um, talk to you today because there is so many things to think about and particularly step, steps to getting your home on the market and yep. selling. And I just want to talk, what's the f easiest thing people can do? Because you go through a lot of homes. Yeah. You do a lot of appraisals and Absolutely. you would see some great ones, you would see some not so great ones. What's one thing that puts everyone into an even keel when it comes to getting their home ready, the okay. very first thing? Well, it is, you know, no two homes are the same, but there is probably one thing that comes to mind that I think is pretty universal across the board. Um, that would probably be do a declutter. You know, if you're going to get your property on the market, you know, especially well-lived-in homes, people might not even realise, but you've been there for 20, 20, 25 years, you know, you can accumulate a lot of stuff. Um, buyers in the marketplace, we're seeing a lot of first-home buyers at the moment and it can be pretty hard for them to, to actually visualise their things in a space. So if you take some stuff out of the space, you open the space up, show it for what it really is, I think that's when you can see the best sort of results. So do you genuinely believe that if people got a few boxes in and just put all their knickknacks and bits and bobs, put yep. them in a box, put them in the garage? Absolutely. Smack do you, everything in the garage that you can. But do you do you really believe that could add, you know, a few thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars on top of their home? If people if people can walk into a space and see potential size, feel it. I think it can make a world of difference. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if someone feels crammed into a space, they're not really going to enjoy the home. So I think it's it's one cost effective. It doesn't cost you a cent to do it, but it can make a world of difference. It, it's probably be the first thing that I'd recommend. Yeah, okay. And what's another very, you know, obviously we are just talking, you know, obviously when you buy a home, you're strapped for cash. Like yeah. you don't have any money. So you, particularly when you're selling your home, you're trying to scrimp and save. Yeah. What's something that's cost effective that someone can do? Um, just a, a couple of little steps, do you think? Just just little things. I think just the basics are, are probably, you know, if, if your home's pretty well right, you know, a lot of people have renovated over time and things like this. Um, I probably wouldn't go full extent of, you know, whack down new flooring and, and this and that because someone might walk in and, you know, you've put floorboards, they want carpet, mm. it goes. It might not necessarily make you a lot of money, but just the general wear and tear stuff. You know, if you've got little holes in the walls from things that previously were hanging, fill them in, you know, touch up paints, things like that. Just just the little touches mm -hmm. can make a world of difference. Yeah, okay, like sugar-soaping walls and get, yeah. get out the gumption. Yeah, just and clean it up and, you know, 
get in the grout and the tiles and things like that, just tidy it up, just a general mm. sort of clean and, yeah. and just little fills, just little patches. And what do you think is um, something that a lot of people overlook and they don't even realise? Probably in terms of just the presentation, just just little things that you might not think of can make a world of difference, you know what I mean? Getting light into the property is probably a big one. Um, you know, opening up the blinds, you know, if you're getting ready for inspections, mow the lawns, you know what I mean? Just things like that, just the little touches that just give it that edge. Have you seen the befores and after of, um, in the in the good way of, as far as, you know, you saying, look, do you recommend that to people? If you walk in, will you say, look, I think you should declutter a little bit? And Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, your job as an agent, especially on the, the listing side, that's what they need. You know what I mean? It's And obviously you don't really want to get people offside, but if you're giving them tips that's going to make them, you know, the best money that can possibly be made and get them the most in their back pocket, they appreciate it. Mm. So, you know, it's always better to be upfront and honest. You know, if I think you should touch this up or I think you should fix that, I'm always going to tell you because it's I'm not doing my job if I don't. So Yeah. So you, you like the before and afters, you would have seen massive changes and a good result, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't take a whole lot to do it. You know, I've seen people turn it around in four days and it's been, the change has just been phenomenal. So, And what do you, what do you think and what advice would you give someone whose house is a little bit dated, a lot dated, and you know, renovate, leave it, what? Well, that's the age old question, isn't it? Mm. So it just depends, you know, a market moving as fast as this, it's probably case by case, you know, properties are still selling People are buying purely based off area at the moment. The buyers that we're seeing, they just want to get into the market. Um, but, you know, if, if it's if it's things that are structural, if it's things like that, um, or it's something that, you know, is, is really dated and it's sort of holding the house back, get an agent out. That's the best thing I can say. You know, it, it probably really does come down to being case by case, but get us out, talk to us about it. You know, we'll, we'll tell you what the best thing is to do. and because you'll know by looking at the house whether to renovate or just leave it and leave it up to the person that buys yeah, it. Absolutely. You know, sometimes a blank canvas can be can be a good selling point, you know, at the time if there's builders that are looking, if there's, you know, people that aren't afraid to do work in the market. Yeah. It can be a good option. Otherwise, get it done, gloss it up and and sell it. Yep. All right. Well, I think there's about seven things you can do we've discussed four. Yeah. If people want to know a bit more, where should they go? They should go to our, well, they can give us a call. Call Corey. Our Wisebury website. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we know we've got the ads running for it. You know, you can find it on your social media, everything like that. But otherwise, just ring me. No one else, just me. <laughs> <laughs> Been lovely chatting, Corey. Thanks, Carly. Thank you. Bye. I hope you really enjoyed listening to my chat with Corey. You've probably noticed it's called Seven Simple Strategies and we've only discussed four. That's because the rest of the information is in the show links below. Please click on, have a look, have a read. It's really good and it's really easy to do and why wouldn't you want more? If you like this podcast, please rate and review us and share the love, share it with your friends. It is produced by Kieran Christie. It's hosted by me, Carly Eldridge, and it's brought to you by Heritage Media. Bye for now.